go. It's firing up. Starting recording. Okay, I think we're rolling. Um, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Best Games of All Time podcast. Uh, tonight we're talking about King of Dragon Pass, which is a... It's kind of a hard game to distri- describe, but I think you would say it is sort of like a it's like a strategy game, like a one-player strategy game with sort of a choose-your-own-adventure vibe. And it was put out in 1999 by the on PC, and I think Mac also, by the company A-Sharp. And it did not, as I understand it, sell very well. And I think A-Sharp ended up having to publish it themselves. Uh, so it's definitely flown under the radar, which is, in many cases, the kind of games that we like to cover on this podcast, if we can. Uh, and this one jumped out at me in particular because as I learned more about it, I came to understand like what a unique game it is. And I, I just as an opening statement, what I wanted to say about it is that it is it's a game who's in like as a primary interest, it's trying to give you the opportunity to engage directly with history in a game that in a way that games just don't typically do. Right. There's many games that use history as a backdrop or kind of as a set piece age of empires or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is more of, I think what we call a singular experience, right? Um, we're also looking for games that are good. <laughs> and <laughs> we're going to leave the question of whether this game is good, I think, aside for now. Um, because first and foremost, I think it offers a unique experience. And I thought, just as a way to open the podcast, it might be interesting to talk about. It's like, how important is it that a game has to be unique? Um, and I think there's a sliding scale in place, maybe, where a game can be super unique but not fun uh, or a game can be you know totally unoriginal but can be very fun on the other end and I think each person might have their own version of that sliding scale like I like games that are unique but you know the focus should be on the engagement or you know maybe some people are only looking for those really singular experiences and you could have a completely unique game that is like a you know, like you just push a button to make a a butt fart out a turd or something like that. And that would maybe be a very unique game, but not a very engaging game. Or it actually could be awesome. But that's awesome. a yeah, separate conversation. And uh you know, and it's like for if I think about it's like what's a totally unique game? Well at the time that game uh Kung Fu Master which is like from 84 or something like that, um, is considered the first beat-em-up game, unique at the time. But then most people would probably play Double Dragon over Kung Fu Master. So Double Dragon is like less unique, um, iterating on an established idea, but maybe more fun. And then Streets of Rage is sort of further along that path. Streets of Rage 2 or 3 is like more fun, less original still because it's iterating on another already established concept. So um, 
I guess the point here is to just try to identify where we land on that sliding scale because I think it hits right at home with regard to how we feel about King of Dragon Pass. And, I mean, it's like Ocarina of Time we talked about. That's a game that we said, oh, you know, we should laud this game for being one of the first 3D action-adventure games. <clears throat> but then we ended up saying that because it's so new, the concept was so new, they had to put a lot of stuff in the game that is meant to orient the player and what would have been a totally unique new experience at the time. But those features now detract from the game now that that genre is so well understood and experienced. And ultimately, we said Ocarina of Time isn't one of the best games of all time. But it, for so for my part, I'm like, you know, I want a lot... I, maybe more inclined to laud a game for its uniqueness and its place in history, especially if a lot of other people have ignored it, you know, because yeah. I'm a snob as we've covered many times. Uh, but how about you? Where do you land on that kind of sliding scale? Yeah, I think it is. It, it, it's kind of a hard question too, because it, that it feels like that slide that a uh, needle can like slide at different moments in time, different directions, right? Because when I think of games like uh, Untitled Goose Game mm-hmm. or Outer Wilds, um, there are these, you know, part of the draw to it and the, uh, like, excitement or, you know, whatever the intrigue is that it's novel. You know, I've never seen anything like this, you know. Even Katamari, like, right? How, how could someone even think of something like this? And mm-hmm. so there's something that's, for me, fun to trip out on. Um, you know, with uh, just exploring those. Um, but it's not exactly required. You know, I mean, I can... I, I also kind of rely on people taking those unique novel experiences and then building an even better experience on it. And simply because I can pick apart and derive where it came from doesn't detract mm-hmm. from my respect for it as a game or, you know, it's, it's place on whatever pedestal or you know, where it sits in the reading system. So um, I think I tend towards more and maybe even, I wouldn't even say lately, it's always been the case, like games that have something unique to them. You know, I think of like Mischief Makers, I don't remember that being a great game, but I was drawn to it because it was something unlike anything I'd seen before. Um, and a lot yeah, of that game... game is is weird as heck. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and that's that's really cool, and that kind of makes it still really cool. Yeah, and you know, because you can say a lot about the game too when you go that way. And I think we've probably covered parts of this in a lot of the games that we touch now is to, to have the the self-assuredness, the boldness, um, and then the ability to bring that to life. That mm-hmm. that speaks volumes, right? I mean, that's like to be able to, to actually pull that off and, and have it be something I can experience. Um, so I would, on that sliding scale, I'm probably on the unique side, you know, versus mm-hmm. just fun. Um, but I will absolutely bail on a game immediately when it when it's not fun. You know when it becomes mm-hmm. uh, shit like a slog or like a slog. Well, I was thinking more of like the lines of you know these kind of um, 
the pretentiousness that games can get into when they're like, look how unique I am and you're going to enjoy mm. this because, you know, it, it, it's like the whatever the art art house art film equivalent, you know, kind of pejorative <laughs> is for video yeah. games where it's like, all right, I'm going to watch typically you. typically an indie. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, that's 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 when I start getting turned off. I actually I just played Control recently and I won't go mm-hmm. into it here, but. Um, I feel like control is is victim to that of like, look at how crazy and unique we are to the point where it was like, mm-hmm. all right, this is fucking annoying. Um, mm-hmm. So there are deal breakers to that, but I, I think kind of like a like a band, um, you know, putting out an album that's like, oh, this is our. It's like, hey, we know you all really liked our rest, last record, so what do you think of this? And it's like a, a complete detour, and yeah. uh, it can be even if you want to laud the band for sort of owning their own creative direction. At the same time, you're like, well, it's kind of makes it uninteresting to see that so plainly. It's like that's your interest in making this is just to make something yes. that uh, is unexpected or something like that. Yeah. I I mean I think it's interesting to talk about with Dragon Pass. But I mean the first thing you something that you said stuck out to me, which is like it it is a super unique game, and like to have the guts to to try to do that first of all because it's really hard when you're not really working from an established prototype mm. that is like other games that have already done this, and you have some tweak or something. This is Dragon Pass is like pretty. N- unique and it especially at the time in like 1999 it it seemed like they were almost starting from scratch just in terms of like the underlying mechanics and all the numbers that had to go into making the game work the way it does and i mean the we should say like the basic mechanic of the game is that one of them there there are there's like a sort of a strategy aspect that might be not too dissimilar from a I don't know like a city management sim where you have different resources and yeah. you just have to apportion them um but then there's it's you're just constantly being presented with these scenarios and there are about five or so options that you have in responding to each one and it's not really clear what each one of them means it's like oh I'll go talk to the ancestors about this. It's like, that'll be one option and see what they say. And you could choose that and the result could be bad. And we'll get into this later, but the the game expects you to understand its own world and its lore. And that's how you succeed in the game. And, uh, but it just to, to swing back, it's like, it's impressive in that sense that it's seems to have been working from, scratch and that there weren't a lot of games like that available and if you read interviews with the developers they're saying like yeah this is a unique game and that's one of the things we're proud of about it yeah I, and i think there's something too you're talking about like i think the use of an analogy or i, I would just say grouping of putting this in with a sim type game i have to be careful with that word right with sim but like it it feels in that territory I'm like, yeah, this this does feel like I could I could group this into SimCity on Super Nintendo and be okay with that comparison in terms of the numbers behind the scenes, you know, what you're balancing. 
Yeah, um, the sim aspects for sure. Yeah. yeah. That that part is was well understood. And but then the um the sort of like choose your own adventure stuff that comes up later, it's they sort of made added that in but made it a, feel like a real holistic experience. Good kind of it's not a genre I would have applied to it had hadn't you said that, but it makes a lot of sense to to say under the hood that that's largely what what the game is like working with which is interesting to me to think about yeah yeah i so how about the other side of that coin right um like is it a fun game i mean when i'm playing it i'm like it's kind of boring right (laughs) you know um and it's a the gameplay loop i guess you'd say is like repetitive and that's never been a problem for me and it's it's just a a different experience even than like playing an rts or something like that which is another resource management game it's like it's just very slow paced and um it 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 really just feels like you're tapping stuff (laughs) you know yeah yeah i feel like so i haven't i didn't read um, like any commentary for the devs on this game, but to me, I would ignorantly just assume that it was a group of people who, you know, uh, of the age where they grew up on like, you know, uh, command prompt uh, text text adventure games, and they wanted to, you know, bring it into the next level, right? Because it's it it is a choose your own adventure, like a lot of the uh, text games were. Um, on early PC, um, like Zork or something like that. Zork, nice, nice. That's the um, only one I could think of. But oh wow, that's yeah. I mean, that's a good one. Um, uh, sorry, that just threw me. Like that was not a name I was expecting you to say. That's rad. Uh, but so with Zork, like <laughs> you're required to to write stuff down, right? And part of the fun of the game was not knowing what you're doing and figuring it out and you know taking notes and you had to do you know you had to do stuff to help you had to you know basically create a, a, a log of what to, to have any success with that game and then the loop a lot of it was uh replaying the game the fun of it was going back in right um and i feel did, like that's did you what play zork uh, i i did but it um it was an obscure it was because uh it was related to work. I was trying to we we're trying to get some 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 stuff going, uh-huh. um, and so we were trying. We had I had a coworker who basically like you know, reverse engineered kind of the underpinnings of the game, and we were I don't know. Well, anyway, I'll just say it, and then we um. So we were trying to uh, get like a um, virtual reality type reskinning of the game so ah. at, you know like you're in like you're actually in the room right you start off sort of like at, at the white house or whatever it was i can't remember um and you would navigate through and using uh language natural language inputs instead of typing stuff you just said what you wanted um yeah and, you know these text games were perfect format for that but uh that's a whole nother that's a whole other thing um, oh, that's super interesting. Yeah, but that was my intro. Also, Zork. just like having any, because ex- Zork is fucking hard, 
And yeah. uh, so I was just impressed that you had progressed in it at all and like knew that you had to write stuff down and that was the key to getting yeah. through it. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, as, as it relates to like King of Dragon Pass, the way I see it is uh, the game, if you're, if that's your outset, right. And you have this, this experience of gameplay where that's what you're comfortable with. That's what you expect from games. Then it opens new doors to what you're going to design. And that very much feels what my experience was with King of Dragon Pass, uh, King of Dragon Pass, King of Dragon Pass, mm-hmm. help my brain. Um, is that in order for this game to be fun, I'm going to need to play it a lot more times because the fun in it yeah. is figuring out these branches and I kind of take issue with that that design strategy um, because it, mm-hmm. I, I think that it is very constraining on fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I could see it. I mean, it expects so much of you, right? Yeah. And it. I want to talk more later about how it sort of came out of the uh, tabletop, like, uh, dice rolling RPG. Um, but that makes a lot of sense because those games pretty much live and die on how interested the players are in the lore of the game. Right, and it even borrows uh, an established fantasy world called Glorantha, which was used for other um, like tabletop games before King of Dragon Pass. And it, as you say, it's very much a game that it rewards knowledge about the game, and some of it's available just about the mechanics in the manual. But there's a line in the manual where it says. Um, it's. I think it's on the page where it's like, if you don't read anything else in the manual, read this. It's like, yeah. learn to think like an Orlanthi. And or, the Orlanthi people are like the mm-hmm. people who are the subject of the game. And uh, it really expects you to do that. And uh, I definitely admire the game for having the kind of hyatspa, if that's how you pronounce that word, um, I know that I have pronounced it a different way once and my wife laughed at me, so I can't remember the right way to pronounce it, but <laughs> it is like, I can't, you know, having the, having the pair mm-hmm. to, to do that and knowing that that might turn a lot of people off and it certainly seems to have turned a lot of people off in the sense that it sold very poorly when it came out in 99 and it is since one of those games that has a has developed a like a rabid fan base or it's sort of a cult classic now which you would expect of a game that takes that is an extremely slow burn and takes a long mm-hmm. time f- to to learn about it and so as people learned about it more and more and spent more time with it maybe they start to to grow into the world and um yeah it's sort of like it's 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 just sort of like, where do you come down on that question? Because do you laud the game for having the guts to put itself out there and be like, yeah, we're offering this super complex or super intricate fantasy world, and the way to win in this fantasy world is to learn more about the world and grow to understand it? Or do you come down on it and be like, yeah, but 
with a million games to play here in 2021, that's not really time that I want to spend, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely in the latter camp. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, I guess as it relates to this game specifically, um, I'm hung up on chutzpah. Chutzpah? Chutzpah? That's what what is it? How do you pronounce I it? I thought it was chutzpah, but I'm not, you know, I don't, like, I'm not an authority on any of that, so I deserve to laugh at. But that's how I've always I heard. said chutzpah, and my wife... Oh, yeah, you should, yeah, you should laugh at. That's not right, is yeah. it? It's it's definitely a, a an H leading. Chutzpah. Chutzpah. Let me yeah. just... Can you hear this if I do this? <laughs> Chutzpah. Yeah, chutzpah. that's how I've heard it. Chutzpah. Chutzpah. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's chutzpah, so... It's definitely one of those, as I'm thinking about it, like, if you had read the word before you heard it, you're fucked, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, right. So chutzpah it is. Um, so, like, I, it's hard, like, do I, yeah, do you give them credit for that? I'm like, I, so yes, like, that, that's not hard for me to say, like, absolutely. Like, you get credit for uh, creating something in this space, and especially, like, if you get a, like... If I was able to ever create a game that had a cult following, I fucking yeah. won, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter right. if that cult is 10 people or it's, you know, I mean, it's a million seller, it's not a cult following, but like, if I had that impact to get that status, yep, you, you've nailed it. Right. Um, you, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. in in this, in terms of what it was trying to do, I mean, it's it's super confident about what it's doing. It really hits it out of the park, I think, because the the lore is so so deep, and um, there are so many ways to engage with it. And I think the way that the game allows you to learn about it, I mean, you fail, right? You make mistakes, and it and it has consequences for your tribe, and it really that serves one of the other central purposes of the game, which is to illustrate to you what life was might have been like at this time, which is maybe like a late Bronze Age, early Ons, Iron Age, sorry, type tribe where life was hard and your living and dying depended on your harvest and they had a belief system around, you know, deities that um, had control over those aspects of, you know, plants and weather and things like that and so if if you offended the gods then that was the result and that was the effect on your life it's like that is failure in the game is stuff like that happening so that's pretty cool how it all kind of just serves the different aspects serve one another i like this like you like this like um theory that you've developed around the approach that they have here with the you know the historical outlook and kind of the um you know putting the player you know it's that it's that line you read right like you have to play as if you're an orlanti Mm -hmm. and i think that partly was what led me like what what was the downfall for me in playing the Mm -hmm. game is because like all right you know you've, you've just thrown like that's to put that out there like that, like if you read nothing else, like read this. And it was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to take this to heart. And I did. And so, now, okay, I'm going to be an Orlanti now. And it's like, what the fuck does that mean? 
Yeah. And so it kind of came at odds with itself. It was like, I'm supposed to, to live and, you know, to fight against my own instincts as a modern day human of what I would actually do and mm-hmm. think, you know, I appreciated that where I was like, okay, all right, here's what I would do in today's world, but that's not going to work. This is okay. Yeah. I can, I'll play the game here. Um, but the part that it started to fall apart for me was when, so yeah, there, there were real consequences to my choices, but it was not, it was not clear in a way that gave me agency moving forward. Right. And so like, you didn't know what you did wrong. I didn't know Got what it. I did wrong. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, like in a, in a social setting, in a, you know, in a tribe of people, I could ask like, what the, what did I do wrong? You know, why is that against our beliefs or what is, you know, why did that upset whatever God, you know, and, and there could be some bullshit response to that, but it was it's an opportunity for me to learn. Um, I guess the game is, this is a constraint of the technology and the game tries to approach that with having the, um, I don't the know. The lore a, screen. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. Just the is lore the screen. Thinking of? Yeah. yeah. And so I can go and I can read there. Right. And so there's the, the knowledge is there to learn um but again that kind of contradicted the experience that i was set up to expect was like do you want me to come in having like being an expert like am i a um phd graduate in orlanti studies yeah no i'm a fucking like guy playing a video Mm -hmm. game and you just Mm -hmm. told me to pretend to be in this tribe and so Mm -hmm. that's where the the odd you know it, it kind of I was at odds with it where it was like we didn't really set me up for success other than saying like if you want to succeed read these 80 pages to start it's like well <laughs> uh it's like that's a little much it's right a little it's much, like right yeah and, th- and that's where i was getting that's for me where it you know was towing the line in that um i still can't think of the word i'm trying to think of but it's like the the pretentiousness of um hey you should you should make this massive commitment and i it's going to be worth it. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, okay. Or I could go play yeah. Subnautica again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, it's a lot to ask in. Yeah. I, yeah. And I remember the, I mean, it, it was made in 1999 and it, I remember reading one of the developers was saying, it's like when we figured out we had to publish our own game and it's like, okay, we're going to do, it's going to be in a big box on a store. And at that time, the game was intended, or games that were released that way, just sort of, they had, a, they had an expectation of like 40 hours of gameplay. Right. And he's like, so we knew we had to make it very replayable. And it's, we like we've talked a lot about on this show, it's like, that's a commercial pressure driving some of the design decisions around the game so it is in this weird space of like probably way more people are playing it now that it's on ios and Mm -hmm. and so on and uh other mobile devices but it's there's basically the same game as the game it was in 1999 and that was a different commercial environment so it is sort of trying to straddle that um in today's market so that is hard i think for the game um let let's talk about 
because I know that like I won after mm-hmm. a lot of efforts and my my tribe was f- fucked for a long time my clan I guess yeah uh, but then eventually we righted the ship and I won but I had like a very rocky road to get there what was your experience like so like what happened with your clan i just I, I i will answer your question but i just want to ask you a question first did you did you um what kind of guides did you, i'm not trying to like attack you in front of everyone no what kind yeah, of yeah. guides did you uh use to write the ship or did you use any or did you like how, how did you do that so i went to um so what happened that was really bad for my clan is i tried to do one of the hero quests which is called El Mall Guards the Stead. And it is, it involves one of Orlanth's, like, his most loyal warrior. And Orlanth has to leave his stead for a long time. And so El Mall is guarding it for him while he's gone. And basically, all these monsters from chaos um, come and attack. And I did everything I thought I could, right, it, to to make the hero quest a success. But every time I just died. And the so the person I sinned on it would die in real life. And then it would be like massive mood debuff for the whole clan, lose tons of magic, um, really bad. And then all of these monsters of chaos started attacking the... Um, that my Tula in real life, because not in real, it's like in my, not in the, (laughs) not in the world of astral projection, but like in, in the, my clan's world. Right. And it just kept happening. And I was like, well, it, it happened because I failed the hero quest. So I have to complete the hero quest. And I failed it like two or three more times. And so I eventually asked on a message board I posted on where I knew some other people had played the game. And I was like, what do I do? And they're like, ah, there's nothing you can really do. It's like, you should just look up a wiki. And then I was like, because I'd failed it by like four times at that point. So I, I was like, fine, I'll look at a wiki. And it was like, yeah, just do this. This is what you're supposed to do. But sometimes it fails anyway. And I was doing all that stuff and it was still failing. And so eventually I just was able to complete it okay. um, by luck, you know, cause it's like, there's a, there's a random aspect I, yeah. I'm sure in the, in the numbers going on back there. And so eventually I completed it and then the chaos monsters stopped attacking my Tula and then we were able to write the ship, but oh, that's man. what I did. That makes me really angry to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like it, because they're trying to simulate like, oh, like it should be a very dicey proposition, yeah. right? To to go to the other world and like fight a, a hideous monster who no totally, uh huh. But it was like, come on, man! Like I've tried it like four times and yeah, like that's I know a, I'm that's, doing it right. I mean, so partly it's like it's not their fault if it's random, which the word random in computing is you know, it's got it's fraught with danger. Mm-hmm. to then like so i've already compl- i'm not going to go into i've already complained about the lack of feedback mechanism and then now you have this thing where there's actually a chance where you can do air quote the right thing four fucking times in a row and mm-hmm. still fail 
mm-hmm. and it's like as a player what I, I you know how much are you relying on me going at a meta level like oh maybe it's the rng fucking mm-hmm. me over i'll try it a fifth time you know and so how much are you helping me along kind of thing and mm-hmm. so i'm 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 a little torqued about that but it's cool um i think that i'll i'll take that as a segue to finally answer your question uh yeah which is my experience and i think that does kind of answer my experience with it is i i didn't get that far along where i hit that issue in particular um but it was the it was the part where it was like hey i'm here requesting and okay you fail and all right that sucks but i need to go learn right so oh, I'll, I'll delve into the lore and then you kind of find there's some cool linkage to you know how that works out right like you read the actual backstories and you can basically it's like open book test right if you can remember it is yeah um, it's an open book test yeah, yeah and and that's where you know that's again where the note taking the place right like okay if you know this style of game you know to write some shit down because you're going to need to know that later um because you can't exactly go into lore during decision making um but at least like the answers are provided for you so you're you have some help there um but then you know and i don't know like which ones i failed because of random chance or i didn't do the right uh whatever you know the season of uh when you assign your magic you know like yeah. so there's there were just parts of it where i'm like i i can't tell where i'm playing it wrong as an orlanti and i can't tell where i'm playing it wrong as a player and yeah. that's and then on top of the part where the game loop is kind of boring it was just like the drop off for me it was very rapid you know once once i started like failing horribly it didn't become it wasn't like oh yeah i'm gonna dig in and i'm gonna save this tribe just like y'all y'all are fucked. y'all need jesus like i'm out um, <laughs> <laughs> like you're worshiping the wrong gods um yeah so uh so i didn't i didn't complete it and i didn't i didn't grind i did think about you know i, I read i finally did jump on game facts for that website uh, yeah and it was it was actually kind of fun to like i mean nothing you know some of these things are written and just immortalized there in ascii text you know all their art but that was a I fun little yeah. yeah it was cool um and i was like reading through it and then i was just like you know what this is this is not how i like to play games and so that's that's finally where it broke because i was unwilling to complete it just to complete it by following a guide on and yeah and so I w- that's where I was at. And then so then add your story on top of it, how you did everything right. And then even a wiki was like, and eh, you still might get fucked. And I'm just like, nope, mm-hmm. nope, nope. Uh, yeah. My buds on the forum were like, ah, oh, yeah, that one's real hard. So you just have to try again. It's like, yeah. um, but it's, I mean, like, this is a point I want to um, hit upon, which is like, if you take the world of the game seriously, and I'm pretty much there, you know, I'm kind of all in. Like I, you and I were doing a D and D campaign for a while, and I bought the player's handbook, and I like I had a plane trip for work, and I just just read the D and D manual on the plane <laughs> for like four hours. So I could get super into yeah. lore and, and stuff. And, um, 
I've I've spent way more time reading my D and D manual than I have actually playing D and D. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I'm pretty much there with the game because it's like when I, I'm thinking about it as a role playing game too, because it's like stuff is happening to your tribe, and for a while I had to because I was getting so getting my ass kicked by the the chaos creature and it's it's like a very funny drawing of like a hideous monster that is like it has like four heads and it's just like a blob with four heads and it's like ar- has arms and it's reaching out and devouring you and it's like the choices it's like sin to help for other clans or sin to other yeah. clans for help and you do it and it's like no clans came to help and in the time that we were asking for help it devoured some of our children and like seven more of our warriors and so my clan for a while became a devotee of Uruks the storm bull it's like we had a shrine shrine going to Uruks the storm bull because he's the the god who is fights chaos and he can give you benefits when fighting against chaos and it's like my clan for a while became more warlike and devoted to this different God. And it's like, it was because something bad was happening to our clan. Right. And it's like, so we were responding to that in real time. And it's like, that's how societies presumably like ancient societies changed in what they valued and what they believed in. It's like bad stuff happened. And so they went to, deities that help them with that kind of thing and that you know because ritual was such a part of daily life then that changed society in some ways and the point i want to go to is like this game offers a real role-playing experience because of stuff like that in a way that i think something traditionally labeled as an rpg and i'm going to talk about jrpgs because that's what i have the most familiar with familiarity with but um i'm going to switch to you just because i think you've played a few more of like the western style rpgs but like in a final fantasy type world the story is extremely linear and it in in the sense that it's completely set up in in advance and the only reason there's any sort of player avatar at all is partly so that you can interact with the kind of other systems in those types of games like character progression leveling stuff like that Um, but also just that you have you feel like you have some sort of involvement in the story at all because otherwise you'd just be reading a a text adventure that's how like already in place the story is you know right and this is the total opposite of that and it's not labeled as an rpg but it's if you think about what role playing game probably initially meant it's it's extremely a role playing game uh and i i find that fascinating about the game that it offers like a true kind of rpg experience in the true sense of the word basically i tried to play it as a like a gender equal yeah right and that goes back to like the very beginning where you're sort of going through like the quiz that it gives you at the start to establish like what are mm-hmm. what does our clan believe in and you can choose to stand 
at the wedding of Orlanth and Arnalda, you can choose to stand with either one of those, or you can stand with Elmal. And I was playing initially co-oping the game with my wife, mm-hmm. and she was like adamant, like, "Well, we're going to stand with the group of people. We're going to stand with Elmal because it's like it's not gender focused for him. Mm-hmm. It's not like with." It's like if you choose Orlanth, it's like your men whooped with Orlanth and then they drank the drink that gave them headaches. Or if you choose Arnalda, it's like your women stood with Arnalda and then she told them the secrets that they promised not to tell the men. And my wife wanted to do the the one that was neither of those. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> which is funny because it turns out that that's the hardest choice that makes the game <laughs> the hardest. And that's maybe that's why I had to do fucking Elmo yeah. guards the stead. Um, but anyway, that but the game gives you tons of decisions where gender comes into play and mm-hmm. you have to basically take a stance. And one might be it's like something to do with like marriage rights and you have to marry you can marry a girl off to another clan to increase diplomatic relations between your two clans. Mm-hmm. And you can act your conscience and say conscience and say no. We won't make her do something that she doesn't want to do, and the game the game gives you the option to do that, even if the outcome from a gameplay kind of perspective is like just negative for you. It's like you yeah. don't get any any positive from doing that. You can still win making choices like that, though, and it just made me think of it's like because this is a set in a 3000 year ago time period. And it's like how many countless small actions have there been where, where people took action like that. Um, maybe a woman said like, Hey, I'm not going to be treated differently. I'm not going to let you do that to me. And she was punished or hurt or something. And it's like on, on a very, on like that local scale, she gained nothing. But over the course of, thousands of years of people making decisions like that thing slowly changed and now we're where we are now which is still not a great place but you know. but we're talking <laughs> Sorry, about but, it <laughs> yeah 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 we're talking about it on yeah. we're two white male dudes talking about it on this podcast yeah. but um it's like you, you can see that happening in dragon pass because the game gives you the, op- the option to act your conscience even if it's bad for you in the game and it's like that's real role playing yeah uh, that's yeah that's experiencing history in a video game and i sure do respect the heck out of this game um i just think it is so smart and so cool and um for for things like that uh, so i i like we're going to have a conversation at the end about is this the best game of all time cuz that's the premise of this dumb podcast and <laughs> it's like i have i feel very strongly about it but um you know like we said it's kind of boring and yeah. uh i don't know i just i like it a lot that's where i'm at right yeah. now no, I think that's I think that's a good place to be and i think like all the points you made about it i'm like yeah that's solid you know what i mean like um, even the categorization and like the genre, genreification of it and all this, where I'm like, yeah, I, I can get behind all these things. Um, 
you know, I appreciated the, the, I did take heed when the game is telling me like, all right, be, be a people of this time. Um, mm-hmm. And because it, I did have to act against the choice that I would make, um, which is something I run into with any RPG, right? It's like, oh, this is a thing that I, that Brandon, that I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the thing I'm going to do here. And even that's uncomfortable sometimes. And I ran into that with this game, right? Where it was like, you know, uh, it has something to do with some random wild tribe of women came and like stole the men away. You know, like later on, the it was like, oops, this never happened. Like we've been doing this for hundreds of years, but we just got pregnant from you. Like, whoops. And so you have to deal with uh... this fallout. Or oh, actually, first you had to choose: do you come clean? Do you, you know? And basically, the, uh-huh. the choice that I chose, being the native Orlanti that I am, was like, uh, basic, like in different words, but not really much different. Was like, tell the women to chill the fuck out, like uh-huh. just t- tell the wives, right, to like just forget about it, like yeah, you know, let's just calm things down here. And that's the one I chose, which just felt like as I clicked it, I was just like, ugh, and yeah. that was the right choice. And then. You know, seasons later, this and I can't remember the tribe, whatever. But they show up and they're like, "Hey, we got pregnant. Whoops, that never happens. What do you want to do?" And of course, you have like all these crazy options of like kill the women, kill the men, kill the babies, uh-huh. um, and in dealing with resolving that, I you know it was like, okay, now how do you resolve That's... this? And it was the same choice where it was like, tell the women just to chill the tell the tell the wives like who you've now lied to and covered for. Yeah tell them to chill the fuck out and again that was the right choice like every, the tribe was like cool yeah um and that i was you know <laughs> like, wow um that's like, nuts it's nuts and it's like yeah no wonder you know you talk about fast forward 2021 no wonder the world is fucked but mm-hmm. like that's where we came from but it's like yeah i guess you know you're putting me in this world and you're, you're making it uh you're making these choices available to me and i could have chose the thing the right thing by today's standards um and so i think there's something to this game that you're you're able it's able to offer those things to you and offer consequences you know uh you can you can rebel against the system the system doesn't give a fuck about you and you Mm -hmm. know your tribe will die um Mm -hmm. yeah that's i respect that like that's a cool approach um because it is unyielding and like, hey, we're building this world. You want to hang out in it. You have to do what we say. Uh, I mean, that's how like any world works, right? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's like, I mean, that's, to me, that's such a, because, because you're thinking about, it's like, okay, what do I think going into this? What would a person in that time think going to this? What would a person in that time who has this place in you know, society's, you know, feeling of how close it is to the gods and what influence the gods have over their lives. It's like, that's such a cool way to experience history, which I don't know too much about it, but um, it, as far as I understand, it's, you know, ritual was a very important part of those people's lives. And, um, you know, things weird things like the situation that that you described it's like 
maybe things i mean things weird stuff like that must have happened you know and it's like oh for sure just the, and the other it's like what are other historically inclined games it's like assassin's creed where the history is just like a backdrop to doing typical game stuff like stealth or maybe age of empires where most of the mechanics revolve around or many of them at least revolve around uh military action and this is just it's a totally unique game in that it's allowing you to experience history in a way that it and it almost is i'm even sympathetic to it because it's the type of history that i guess i sort of believe in it's like that's what i believe is history if you think about like a Civ or something like that, like I know in Civ Six, um, when you start your at the beginning and you pick your country, each country is associated with like a some ruler of historical ruler of that country, and each of those personalities is unique, and they each confer like a unique benefit on your country because, and that comes out of the belief and sort of the way that history is often taught, um, which is like, you know, there's some, a few movers and shakers in history and there's some great typically men who move history forward and that's how history happens. And this is a very different presentation of history. It's like, no, it was about people's daily life and the systems of belief, you know? Yeah. It did. It captured, it captured the, I don't want to like, yeah, a moment in time, right? Where it's like you're you're present for this more than it was about, yeah, a massive historical moment that you're pivoting around. It was more of just like, yep, this is this is the world we live in for today, and you just got to make it through. And I really was drawn to that part of the game. You know, we talked about mm-hmm. it too. Like there was the part where I realized my characters are aging. You know, and mm-hmm. that was a cool moment. I was like, oh wow, like, you know, I'm I'm going through time with these people and mm-hmm. and eventually like all like this this uh what the board what are they called uh the tribes clan ring they, they, yeah the ring right they'll be they'll all be dead mm-hmm. uh, it's not like i'm gonna finish with my like the one warrior right it's, it's, it, it does a really good job at being uh yeah like uh temporal i guess or or bringing that temporal nature to life in front of you. I thought that was cool. Yeah. 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 In, in a much different way than like if you're playing age of empires and it's like, there's yeah. just a number ticking up saying it's now this year. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You actually you kind of feel the, the changes in that way. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. I mean, I, the, where I want to loop around to just as kind of the conclusion here and feel free to to um, jump in if you have anything else you want to say but what that that point about it being like real role-playing it's like you're living out a belief system that could have been a real thing say three thousand years ago and it it's with all of its superstitions and weird ritual ritualistic type stuff that seems kind of funny to us now but then it's funny to think about this stuff in the context of like real things that modern people believe like QAnon or 
fundamentalist Christianity or or whatever. And I think both of us don't subscribe to those beliefs. And it's easy for us to be like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why, <laughs> right. why do you believe, believe in this stuff? There's no evidence for that. And I'm not in any way saying that we need to cut those groups some slack, uh, particularly particularly when they are inclining toward hate and hate mm-hmm. speech and terrorism in, in a way or shape or form. But um, I do think that what that hammers home is it's like people are forever looking for ways to explain all the weird shit that happens in their lives. And, you know, it's like they have their own view of the world and then they see things in their life and it's confirmation for it's like i oh i this is what i believe and then i saw some evidence of that and now i believe it even more fervently it's like there's a interesting story about a roman naval commander named publius claudius and this is a funny story that's related because it has to do with a group of sacred chickens and he there's an there was a roman ritual involving the sacred chickens and before a big battle you had to throw the sacred chickens some feed and if they ate it was a good omen for the battle and if they didn't eat the feed that you should not do the battle oh my god and isn't that nuts and That's in nuts, this but let's let's go there yeah and this in this guy's case the chickens did not eat and he reportedly said, well, maybe if they're not hungry, maybe they're thirsty. And he had them thrown overboard. And then he was <laughs> annihilated oh, in the shit. subsequent naval battle. And it's like, there you go. That's yeah. all the proof you need yeah. right there for the power of the sacred chickens. So, yeah. I'm not, and I'm not trying to make fun of it as, as no, much no, as I'm, I'm... Yeah, like I'm more just like remarking like, holy shit, that happened. Yeah, yeah, and... So it's an opportunity to live out um, that type of world, right? Where it's like you sacrifice to a god and then good things happen. Or if good things don't happen, then you're like, we did it wrong. We need to do more next time. And um, that, that same dynamic is playing out now. It's like people are finding, people have their own systems of belief and they're they're finding evidence and to us who maybe I don't I mean I don't know how else to say it other than you and I are it, it seems like we're interested in science right and that we think that there's like there are natural laws to the world that are proven by science and but you know it's like what are people going to look back on us and think 3000 years from now it's like how do people believe that stuff yeah. you know it's yeah. very possible so the game lets you, invites you to think about things like that, I think, and that makes it a very interesting game. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I appreciate that you're able to get there with, with this kind of stuff because it, it, it makes me like stop and think a little more because um, I'm also a snob and an asshole. And I can be, <laughs> I'm pretty like quick to you know, put it in a, a category and just say like, yep, that's done. Um, mm-hmm. But when you bring that kind of flavor to it, uh, I, I definitely respect it more. You know, I have a, a, a 
stronger appreciation for it uh, than if it was just me in a vacuum. So, uh, if anything, it's like it's a good game to have on your phone, you know, and it's like you can just because it is kind of boring. You can just like if you're taking a shit or something, you can mm-hmm. just like play a few seasons out. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um. It's cool. I mean, like, I I could tell you're not at, at where I'm at with it, but yeah, I, I I'm not. Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. I was just gonna say, like, to get it there, I just I I, you know, it becomes the snobbery where it's like I just need to see a little more out of the uh, engagement, like player engagement, and that that's mm-hmm. a, I'm I'm just gonna leave that broad because I don't want to I won't go in a whole bunch there, but it's like, can anyone? pick this up you know like is this something like can can other people appreciate this or do i have to check off these boxes for i agree to appreciate this and this and this okay now mm-hmm. play the game oh yeah you're right that was fun so like that's the part where i'm like i'm i'm being rigid against what i'm calling rigid uh and that's mm-hmm. why that's that's my only you know i'm being principled here why i'm like yeah Rigidity in the sense of the game is like you need to choose this, and and yeah, and you need to like go learn this, and you need to go mm-hmm. read this, and you need to play it this many times, you know, or or you know, uh, be willing to just get screwed. Um, it's interesting the the developers just did a new game, which is like considered a spiritual successor to Dragon Pass called Six Ages. And uh I wonder if it's better or at at that aspect. It's the right? same or depth. If it's, yeah. I would I would tot- as much as I'm not saying the words like greatest game of all time with this game, I would still like that's the thing. It's like I'm appreciative enough that I'd be like, I would love to see what what they went to do. Like how that mm-hmm. you know like, how they took it into a modern era and like what they learned from it because um, mm-hmm. there is there's cool stuff yeah i'm looking at this and i'm like yeah this looks very much like dragon pass like dope. um mm-hmm. so what does that look like some experience yeah i'm interested yeah yeah so dragon pass is cool i mean like i'm i'm not gonna fight for it on the level that i did Doki Doki Literature Club, because um, I'm not. You're on the, f- maybe a little on the other side of the fence, and I'm not like gonna. This is not the hill I'm gonna die on, you know, because yeah. you're gonna owe, I owe you a favor, now, because of Doki Doki, and uh, I don't want to owe you two favors. Yeah. Okay. So, that's that's a good. Reason. So I think that's where we're at. Yeah. I love it, but it's I'm not I don't love it so much that I'm like, oh man, I I must get this to be pronounced the best game of all time. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm not gonna say the words, but I thought it was cool, and I would love to see I would love to see this iterated on. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, I think that uh, we can call it there. Sweet. Uh, what is the usual stuff we do? We say that we have a website, which is uh, 
bestgamesofalltimepodcast.com, uh, where you can find show notes and uh, just another way to play all the episodes. And then we have a wet an sorry an email account that you can email every comment that you might have, including death threats, as we <laughs> always say. Even those are welcome at the email account bestgamespod at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back. Almost certainly we're going to cover Mass Effect coming up here and probably Subnautica and then eventually Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, And then I think I'm super looking forward to this. Probably sometime in, like, December, um, we're are going to do an episode where we rank every game that we've covered so far to find out objectively, as of the end of 2021, what is the best game of all time. Take it. Man, this so is look good forward to that. Up too. Yeah, this is going to be yeah. it's good. Yeah. Uh, Brandon and I are... I have a next-gen console, and Brandon's working on one, so maybe we'll be able to do some type of like big budget triple a um something like that coming up soon too um so have fun have a good week everyone thanks for listening we'll catch you next time see ya